Do you, see this, do you feel the sense of God's presence? Is this something? Or am I speaking Chinese? I, I once I asked a lady uh, in one of these worship services, not here, in some other place. Like all my stories never took place here. But this one wasn't here, really. And, and I asked her, how did she feel with this kind of no spiritual kind of worship? And she was not used to it. Actually, she was not used to express any emotion in church. That's how it used to be around here, too, <laughs> until we got rid of the cone of silence. Uh, and, and I asked her, how did you feel? And she says, you know, something does stir within. I says, let it go. <laughs> she couldn't. And that's okay. Uh, some of us are more free to express emotions. Some of us are not so free to express emotions. As long as we express them healthy, I think that's okay. <laughs> and that's the idea. Uh, the scripture reading that I have, oh, it has two columns there too. I don't know what that book is. But let's look in your, in your worship guide towards the back. You have the scripture reading that I will be sharing with you this morning. Now, in the first scripture reading, which was from the book of Genesis, um, I've shared with you that this month I'm taking Old Testament reading from Genesis and New Testament readings from the book of Acts as we work and make our way through our season of Pentecost, which the topic is the community of the Spirit. So, in both Genesis and Acts, we'll be traveling with a community of the Spirit. In Genesis, we see God is beginning to form a people. So, God has called out Abram, not Abraham yet, Abram out of Haram and gave him a mission and gave him the first promise of the covenant. Out of you, I will bless many. I will bless all the families of this earth. Now, listen to and for the word of the Lord. As Peter who was baptized and received the Holy Spirit, as we remembered from last week, the reading. He had preached a message already, and people are responding to him. Remember, they were like people from many nations were there listening to this Galilean speak in different tongues that they could actually understand. So they were speaking like French, and, and, and they were speaking Hebrew, and they were speaking Greek, and they were speaking Aramean, and they were speaking Egyptian, and they were speaking Macedonian, and they were speaking Syrian, and they were speaking Russian, and they were speaking all the languages that we could imagine. The interesting thing was that they understood. People from all those countries understood the message of God's reconciliation. So the people ask him, very, very, you know, they're touched by the experience they have seen, and they ask Peter, so what shall we do? And this is where we catch the reading. So Peter replies, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, this promise to you to your children and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time. Uh, can I do that today? Strongly urging all, this, all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believe that what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship 
and to sharing in needs, including in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. The word of the Lord. This is, a, again, a reminder, this is the beginning of the church of Christ, the physical beginning, the birth of the church, the promises that God gave in Abraham in that chapter that we read, it is becoming real. God also repeats that promise in Joel chapter 2 of the promises of that God will gather all peoples and He will pour out His Spirit on all flesh, and we see it happening in this second chapter of Acts. And this is the result. Over 3,000 people came unto the Lord that day. In this new Pentecost series of the Spirit, last week we discovered that God, the sovereign God, actually called out a community of diversity. When we read the text, we found out that the people who got saved in that first day, they were from over 11 different countries. So the church in itself was a multicultural home of diversity, and everyone worshiped the same God. We also discovered that we were called, this community of, of diversity was also called as a community of grace, a community of giving, a community of sharing, a community of being sent from God. Since Jesus ransomed, redeemed, and reconciled this community, and now we're not here just to sit down and enjoy it, we're being sent. So the sovereign God poured out also God's own spirit in our lives to bring the church to life and calling us to unity. One of the best gifts that the church, that the Holy Spirit gave us is unity. It's not division, it's not building walls, it is unity. Today I would like to share with you a little bit about the spiritual community, but also a community of grace. Now, I will not be speaking today of the theological concept of grace, which we understand it to be God's unmerited favor. In other words, we don't deserve God's friendliness towards us. We don't deserve God's uh, favor, God's liking us. We don't deserve it, but in spite of not deserving it, God shares God's grace with us. God pours God's own grace on our hearts and makes us acceptable, makes us okay. In our book of order, is called that God is no longer angry with us. Can we say amen to that? So we individually receive that grace, and then we are supposed to also share it with other people. So therefore, as we come together as a community who believes and walks and experiences the grace God has poured in our hearts every single day, as we come together, then we become a community of grace. So it's individually we need to accept the grace of God. You see, when individuals live in grace the community becomes a community of grace, a community of acceptance. Do you feel accepted today here? 
If you don't feel accepted today here, tell me what eye is not accepting you. I will smack it off. <laughs> Obviously joking. See, but it's a community of acceptance. A community where God gives us sustenance. And a community of significance, of meaning and purpose. And a community of fruitfulness. You see, once we realize that we're fully accepted by God, then we realize that God sustained us through God's own grace. Then we become somebody. We acquire a mission. We acquire significance. We become the word significant from signs. We become, we become signs of God throughout our community. And thus, as a result of that acceptance, as a result of that sustenance, as a result of that significance that we receive from God, then we become people who are fruitful in our community. That's a community of grace. That sounds good, right? Sounds wonderful, but we don't work that way. For some reason, our tendency, our humanity drives us into a cycle of works. By the way, uh, the ushers, uh, I have some worksheets with this uh, slides. How many of you would like one? Raise your hand so that they can pass it out. Ushers, please pass out the, the sheets with a, so that they can receive them. And basically, what I'm going to be sharing with you today is the natural tendency for us to live life how we kind of naturally slide into something that's not as healthy and is not God's way. And then we're going to see how then the Holy Spirit, how through the grace of God, how as we intentionally practice grace, how as we intentionally live in the grace of God on a daily basis, we can then walk in the cycle of grace and not walk in the cycle of works. But we are trained to live in the cycle of works. I mean, if I don't come here, and by the way, uh, the cycle of grace, this cycle begins in the bottom with fruitfulness. Okay, so you may want to write a little number one there. Have we run out of them? Did we run out of them? I made 30. I was checking how many of you were going to get one. So we need more than 30. Excellent. Good. Praise God. Uh, and again, this is information for your life to change. For the Spirit of God to, to transform our minds, our thinking on how we should live the life of discipleship and not the life of our tendency. So we begin with fruitfulness. In our lives, in our American Western life, we are supposed to produce. We are supposed to perform. We are supposed to do, do, and do. And as we do, then we acquire some significance. You see? As we do and perform, we tend to feel our ego of some kind of, of self-worth. And that's not bad, okay? I'm not saying this is bad. I'm saying this is the natural way. And then we hope that that accomplishment, those achievements that we have made, whether they're academic, whether they're a career, whether they're in life, those achievements, we hope that those achievements gives us significance. And I become the husband and I become the father until the divorce comes. Okay? So then I lose my significance in there. But I'm hoping that as a good father, as a good husband, I can be sustained. I can sustain my own life. I can keep it going. I can keep my motivation. This is all in the flesh. This is what Paul calls in the flesh or in the world. Okay? That's natural. I'm not saying it's bad. Because in order for me to get through college and through seminary, I had to think a little bit like that. Okay? I had to perform to get my A's. If I get my A's, I can get my degree. If I can get my degree, I can get a salary. <laughs> You see? And then I'm accepted. Then 
I have become acceptable. If I'm able to perform enough and acquire that significance, this is the way business is. This is the way some of our children are thinking out there as they work in this business world. As, they, as I then get my sustenance, as I get my own thing, and, you know, I try to build the building, then I am acceptable. It sounds like the story of Babel that we read last week. As the people were making their efforts, trying to reach up to God on their own efforts to become acceptable to God, to become likable to God in our own terms. But you see, the cycle of grace tends to be the opposite. Actually, it is the opposite. I wrote a little paper, I don't know when, <clears throat> but I called it the logic of the spirit. Neuma logica, to make it sound academic. <laughs> the logic of the spirit. And it was the whole idea that in Jesus' teaching, we find a contrary way of life than the one we tend to want to live. When we save and cover our life, we lose it. When we give it up, we gain it. When we die to ourselves, we live to a new way. So, you see, what, what we try to save, God, actually, so the cycle of grace tends to be the other way around. So, if in the cycle of works, the way our soul tends to deal with satisfying ourselves with jobs, our soul tends to satisfy itself with significance, our soul tends to satisfy itself with our own kind of sustenance, our soul then becomes acceptable to ourselves and to God. But we know deep down we're still hungry, we're still thirsty. We're actually exhausted and tired of doing and being and becoming and performing. And Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit offers something different. If in the cycle of life, in the cycle of works, we begin with performance, in the cycle of grace, let me relax my shoulders, we begin with acceptance. with a reality that we are accepted in the beloved, no matter our condition, no matter our situation. God has made us acceptable through Christ only, not through ourselves. So we're accepted already. We don't have to fight for that. Can you understand that? God's grace has made you acceptable to God. God's grace has made you welcomed to God. God's grace is, not, is telling you, stop performing. Don't try to impress me. You're okay with me. So it begins by, and this is the practice of grace. This is something that we should be reminded every moment of our days. It still relates to last month teaching some gardening the soul. So, this is the practice, the spiritual discipline of grace, where we accept God's grace, where we know we are okay, where we don't have to perform or do or, be, or try, because God has accepted us already. And once God has accepted us, we also then receive the gift of God from God's Spirit, the sustaining grace from God. See the opposite? We are accepted by God. God sustains us. Look at that circle inside. There's an input and there's an output. Sometimes I wonder, why did Jesus never lost it? Some of us think He lost it in the temple when He turned the temple. No, I think that was all programmed 
planned and organized. A little certain surprise for some. But it happens. Jesus never lost it. Jesus was always full of grace. When Jesus spoke, people would, oh, or people would, oh. But it was always grace that flowed out of Jesus. Jesus knew He was accepted by the Father. Oh, those 11 words in the book of Luke, in chapter 3 of Luke, when Jesus comes out of the wilderness and finds Himself with John the Baptist, and He hears those wonderful words as He came out of the water and says, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to those words about yourself. You are my child in whom God is well pleased. So we receive that acceptance from God. And notice that Jesus was accepted before ministry, before He had to perform. Notice that? So we're accepted even before we begin to try to perform ministries or great things for God. So we don't perform them to be accepted. We perform them because we're accepted and God takes us to the sustaining grace that holds us up, that picks us up. The grace that gives us the strength, the motivation, the encouragement to keep on going in spite of the loss, in spite of the grief, in spite of the challenges in life. And once we have accepted that grace from God, and once we have received that sustaining grace of God, then we move into significance. Then we know that we're loved. Then we know that we are chosen by God. Then we know that we have a purpose in this earth to be Christ's channels of grace to others. And that's our significance. It's not your degree. It is not your salary. It is not your income. It is the life you live with Jesus. And as a result of that significance, that God is even a gift from God. You wouldn't make it. You're a child of God, prince and princess of the Most High. That's a spiritual significance and our identity is hidden in Christ. We live and move in Him, as Paul said. See, so that significance then moves us into fruitfulness. And it's the gift of the Spirit who flow within us. So if we were to live in the acceptance and substance of God's Spirit, then we would acquire the grace of significance and the grace of fruitfulness. Then we behave like Jesus. See that comparison? See that comparison? So as Jesus was accepted by the Father, sustained by the Father, He was the Son of God. He was the Messiah, and He did the miracles, and He spoke the words, and He transformed people's lives and continues to do today. Fruitfulness. Jesus reminded us in John 15, verse 5, that He is the vine and we are the branches, and that away from Him we can do all things. Oh, wait a minute. I thought I had it all together. Let's go back here. It says, John 15, 15 5, I am the vine. And you are the branches. Get your life from me. I like that version. Then I, will, then I will live in you and you will give much fruit. Oh, you can do nothing without me. You see, there are no fruits unless there are God's fruits in our lives. We live 
either our ways, with our efforts and getting exhausted by trying to perform, or God's ways. And when we all live God's way, then we become the community of grace, where we practice grace with one another. So I'm going to invite you. Are the ushers still around? Are they still active? Where are they? Yes. I have some rubber bands, and I would like for them to pass the rubber bands because I want to, to invite you to do an experiment with me for just the next two hours. We won't be together for the next two hours, but just for the next two hours, I would like for you to participate in an experiment. Tony's she's laughing out there because she's like, we're going to be together for two hours. Yeah, I'm going to keep on preaching long like Peter did. No, no, because somebody will fall off and die. Remember, that actually happened. <laughs> then I'll have to revive them, and I don't Okay, so go ahead, pass those rubber bands. Uh, uh, if you want to, you can have a rubber But the invitation is to wear the rubber band. The rubber band has one word in it. It has the word grace. And this is the idea. For the next two hours, I'm inviting you to practice the cycle of grace, to live, walk in grace. Let me see what I have here for you. <laughs> I invite you to, 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 to forgive those who are very difficult to forgive, like your pastor. <laughs> To, to express gratitude and appreciation. You see, because the next two hours, you're going to have these two hours anyway, okay? Everybody's going to have the next two hours. So you either choose, and I'm inviting you to choose to either live in grace or live in, in works. So you can be bitter and angry and, 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 and resentful and depressed and, and tired, exhausted, and all that stuff if you want to for the next two hours. How many of you are going to do that? Be bitter and angry <laughs> for the next two hours. Okay, so I guess we're choosing not to, to do that. So I'm inviting you to then live in the next couple hours. I'm going to be watching you. you. You don't know I have all these little airplanes that fly around and watch drones watching, following you guys home? You haven't seen them. They're called angels. No, <laughs> no don't do that. Don't throw the, the rubber band at me. I, I used to pray, this is a joke, I used to pray at another church back in Florida. And there was a cross hanging from up there. And I used to lay down in the floor and pray. But I would entertain myself praying by throwing a rubber band over the arms of the cross. So I had a whole bunch of rubber bands. And I'd just sit there and pray and shoot them all over the arms of the cross. I don't know how often that church goes to clean that cross up there. But today I think there's a few rubber bands up there still that I prayed for. So... You're going to wear, how many, you got your rubber band? I got, oh, I got it on. I got mine on. I got one back here. Anybody needs one? I got one here. Here. Practice. Oh, you're going to need a girl. <laughs> I think her husband just got back. <laughs> so, in this next couple hours, how about forgiving those who are difficult and don't deserve it? That's grace. In this couple hours, how about expressing gratitude and appreciation instead of criticism and complaints? How about considering others greater than yourselves? Can you think of that? How about making the decision just for the next two hours? I don't want you to do this for the rest of the week, okay? Just for the next two hours, I invite you to live in joy, in peace, in understanding. In peace means if they want to fight, it takes two to fight, you know? I'm not going to get involved. Be polite in accepting way even though it's difficult. It's being grace-filled, okay? Just for the next two hours only, 
okay? Live and share God's acceptance, God's sustenance, God's grace of significance that God offers us, and be fruitful. So let us move together this coming, just for the two hours, as a community of grace. Let's stand together if we're able. And let's pray for the Lord. Let me see. Yeah, let's keep it there. And let's pray for the Lord to bless us. Now, I know there are some issues in our community. We have people who are sick. We have people who are hurting. We have people who have uh, legal stuff going on. I don't know, all, all kinds of stuff. Have I mentioned any of the stuff you're in? No. But do you have concerns? Do you have situations that you would like to bring to the throne of grace before God? If you do, I invite you to place that one. Don't place all of them. You can then do the other ones at home. Just place that one issue that's really burdening you. Just that one issue that's really burdening you. Take it off your back. Place it in your front hands together because maybe it's too heavy. You have to use both hands. It's too heavy. And let us go to the throne of grace together. God, we thank you that, that your grace is sufficient and is enough. We thank you that in your grace we're accepted and we're sustained. We thank you that in your grace you give us significance and thus we can then be fruitful. But things still keep us and weigh us down. And I have this one thing in my hand, oh Lord, that is really bothering me. And, and thank you for showing me, me. And I want to lay it at your feet, oh Lord. This is for you to deal with and I will not pick it up anymore. So in the name of Jesus and through the power of I just lay it on your feet. No more in my hands. It's in your hands, God. I thank you that your power of healing our souls is immense. I thank you that you desire for our souls to be light and joyful and not burdened, exhausted, but rather Restful, resting in you, oh God. We thank you for our community in our summer camp. We, we pray for the teachers, the volunteers, the workers, the kids and their families who come. May we be the bridge for them to come closer to you, oh God. Make us into that bridge for them to come closer to you, oh God. We pray for the workers in our community, the hospital workers, the first responders, the school teachers, the businesses around us. Lord, prosper them. But we also pray for those in our community like Peggy, Shirley, and others who are sick and ailing at home. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us to pray and have grace brothers and sisters who are just weaker today because one day we may be there and we want those prayers too thank you for those who had issues and have come through and we give you the praise and honor for that we thank you for the ways in which you're blessing this community and our homes our families but we thank you above all for him who came and walked these lands and shared and was full of grace. His words and acts were just full of grace. Who taught us to say together as we pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. You may